Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Today we have joining us Caleb Bose. Caleb, welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Hey, Chris, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to have you on. Caleb, tell us about your current role and your company. Perfect. So I'm the VP of Sales at Nationwide Laboratory Services. Uh, we're a full service diagnostic laboratory based in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, when I say full service, it's just not one particular item. We literally do the whole gamut. Um, Nationwide actually has a tremendous story in the fact that I want to say we're a not a 30-year-old startup, but we've been around for 30 years. Um, and we were grandfathered in with all these insurances, and we're really rebranding and just building the company back the way it should be. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. So thinking of, you know, back over your entire career, what are the three things that have really driven your success? So one, I would say that keeping my priorities in check, right? Um, I think that if your priorities are in check, that work's going to follow too. So for me, that's going to be that, that God, right, is, is going to be number one, that my relationship there. Um, two, my wife, we've all heard it, happy wife, happy happy life. And <laughs> I mean, for, for me, if I'm having a good day at home, then I think it always transpires to the same thing in the job, right? And then three is work. I'm always going to give 120% of those first two are always my top priority. And the same thing goes with my team, right? If something happens and it's family related, um, that's the utmost importance because I feel like if we take care of them and genuinely care about them, it's going to translate to, you know, happy employees and just that, that camaraderie that we have. Um, second would be, we did an action selling course when I was in the field that totally transcended the way that I sold. Um, so a couple things there that you want the clients to, first of all, like and trust you, not by talking about their dog or their kids, but knowing that you genuinely care about them um, and ask the right questions, right? That you're not just the average salesperson, that you genuinely care. Um, then it's going to be the company, right? That they've got to like and trust the company. And then third is the product. Then we talk about the product. Um, so that was huge. And then knowing your why, I stress that to the team all the time, that this isn't just your normal eight to five, like, why are you here? Not just to collect a paycheck. Um, and one of the reasons I love Nationwide is because we have a, a tremendous why. 80% of a doctor's diagnosis is based on their blood work. So we really, we're not doctors, but we really are saving people's lives. And if that doesn't motivate you, then we're probably not the right place for them to be. Right. Yeah, I love the why. Uh, that to me is such an important thing. I actually had a call with my my team a while back and it, it just dawned on me we were coming in i wasn't even planning on talking about this and i just said to them i'm like does anybody know why i started this company yeah and nobody did i'm like let me tell you my why right and i think it's important that people know that uh and and that they have it for themselves so yeah. important how did you get your start in sales so finished school um i knew i wanted to get into medical sales like i just I knew and people were like, that's, that's what you want to do. And of course I knew that the money was good too, but everybody wanted three years experience for an entry level job. Um, so a private company gave me my first start and 
I mean, I'll always be thankful for them. It was actually in the lab industry and I promised myself I'd never go back to labs, but here I am now. Um, and you know what? It was like a family there and they taught us, I don't wanna say everything they taught us was the right way, um, but for me, it gave me my shot and being, I always wanna go like I'm an underdog, right? So all I needed was for them to give me that shot to prove myself and then um, I just took it from there. Um, but I will always be forever grateful for, for that first company because it's like banging your head up against a wall when you do want to start getting into medical cells because how do you have three years experience in an entry-level job, which I'm sure so many people are, are familiar with. But um, oh. I started in labs and you know it's come full circle. That's great. Um, what do you wish you had been taught when you were first starting in sales? So I would say that there's not one way to be successful on the sales career, right? Um, not to go off a script, but to be genuine. Um, I think that's something that you, you can't teach to be genuine and to kind of create your own style. Um, my, like I said, going back to the first one, my first job, it was scripted. And I felt like people could see that and it kind of comes off as, as hokey. And um, when I started to have success was when I kind of made it my own and really being genuine and showing people that you care about them. Right, right. What's your craziest, wackiest sales story over your career? There, there's so many. Um, if you don't mind, I'll probably give you two. Go for um, it. I was working at Bloomberg and I was um, selling to the Fortune 500 companies in Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands and, and Florida. And our VP came down to ride along with us. And it's Florida. Everyone knows Florida is a unique animal. And we're going into this office to meet with their general counsel. And uh, he's like, why aren't you in a suit? I was like, well, it's Florida. Um, we don't we don't really wear full suits here. And he, he was wearing a suit. So we went into that first meeting and the general counsel's in flip flop shorts and a T-shirt. Right. Needless to say, he never came back down and was wearing a suit again. He understood after that first meeting. Right. Um, so Florida is a unique animal. Anywhere else, you, you know, I travel throughout the country, I'll wear a suit. But Florida is unique in that sense. Yeah. Don't wear one in Denver either. Right. <laughs> I think it's I think it's changing. I actually just had a, uh, a big meeting with our director of operations and a prospective client. And um, I really do think it's it's changing because he came in in a, a plaid shirt and shorts, and I just was like, you know what, I I respected it just because of the uniqueness and how things are changing. Yep. Um, and then I, I'd say the second one is when I was in the field, uh, we had a um, strategic account manager that told me I had a two percent chance to land this very very big very big deal, and for me that's just like a challenge. And I'm like, okay, I am I'm going to show you like. You're the strategic account manager. You think we've got no shot and I'm going to grind and I'm going to make sure it happened. And lo and behold, that ended up being one of our, our best clients uh, to date. So that's awesome. I love that. Tell us about the transition to sales leadership. Was that easy for you or was it difficult? So it's I'm still a work in progress. Right. Um, I, and anything that you do, I think that you've got to constantly learning and, and growing. And, and that's me right now. Um, and I bounce a lot of things off of podcasts that I listen to, yours being one of them, Craig Rochelle, um, and then, of course, my wife, too. So there's been numerous times where I do something, and I'm like, you know what, I could have handled that better. And I think one of the things that I'm realizing is just, just wait a second, right, before I respond, um, because I'm always moving 100 miles a minute. 
And that's been one of the, the biggest learning lessons is just, you know, pump the brakes and just wait to think about it, wait to respond. Um, and then I would say that the team around me has also really helped. Um, I work very closely with our director of operations and our director of client services. And those guys, like us three as a team, really run like a, uh, like a, full, a full team. Like me and the director of operations are running 100 miles a minute. And we need a director of client services sometimes to just tone us back down. Right. So it's, it's been a unique transition. I really do love it. Um, but I also love the fact that I still go out with the team too, and I'm in the field. So it's like that perfect blend of the leadership role and the financials along with still going to some meetings and keeping my feet wet there. Yeah. I love that you said pump the brakes. Cause it made me think of something that I use as a, as a leader, um, my wife and I, after our first child was born, we took a parenting class and the person instructing the class said, hey, you know what? When your kid is misbehaving or has an issue, you don't have to respond right away. Right. You can just sit and be quiet for a while and let them stew for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to jump right in and react. Let, give them some space, give it some time and see how it develops. I use that not every day, but I use that when, when there's issues, I have a really great team. It's not something that comes up really a lot, right. but it's a very useful tool to just pump the brakes, sit and see what happens. Yeah. Gather, gather yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's great. Um, what do you think has been your biggest challenge as a sales leader? Changing the culture. Um, like I said, Nationwide has so much potential and we're doing so many great things. Um, and I don't want to say that things were being done wrong before. I think they were just could have been done differently. Okay. And we're doing that now and we have such a good team and they respond really well. But it's just kind of doing that 180 um, and building that culture and saying, hey, listen, like I know this is different than what you were doing before but just trust me and the results in a short, in a short time have been really, really good. Um, and again, I couldn't ask for a better team because I feel like if I was somewhere else um, and even being younger in this role, right. That is, that's a challenge, right. And if there's people that are older than you um, they're like, well, you know, they, it's been none of that. Um, so they've really gotten on board and it, it's showing in our results. Yeah. I love that culture. I think is it's the foundation of success. If you don't have a strong culture, it's incredibly difficult to succeed. Yeah. What I'm, role I'm, does big, empathy, I'm sorry, what, what role does empathy play in, in your culture? Um, huge. All right. Um, well, it goes back to what I was saying with, with family and stuff like that, right? If the team knows that we care about them, um, it goes a long way. I'm a big proponent and people will make less money and work for you harder and be happy if you treat them right. than if you pay them more money and you treat them like dogs, um, so they all know that we care, right? I don't have to tell them all the time, um, but I'm also a big believer in, in words of affirmation. And I think my team responds really well to that. Um, even, even teams that like, even people at the lab that aren't part of the, the sales team and the sales staff, just telling them, thank you. And like, you're doing a great job goes a long way. And they're so thankful. Um, so I make that an emphasis that even if it's something small, I let them know, no, it's a, it's a big deal. And you are part, especially in our industry, Every single person that talks to one of our customers or a client, they are a salesperson. So they all matter and just letting them know that. Right. 
Do you have a structured sales process that you follow? Yeah. So it would go back to um, the, the action selling. And that has, I don't want to say it's a script because I'm, I'm huge against a script, making it your own, but genuinely caring and asking questions, right? right. I, I don't like anybody going into any of these offices or talking to our clients and just splurting out information right. because I'd rather them go in. And if we're not the right fit, tell them because who knows six months from now, if we are the right fit and you never want to burn that bridge. Right. So asking the right questions. And if you find a pain point, holding that in your pocket, right. For the right time, yep. then selling them on the company, right. I'm, I'm always telling them what is our story, right. What's, what's our story, what's your story, but what is nationwide story selling them on that, that we're not a fly by night company that we've been around. Right. We're doing the right things. And then the product saving those pain points that they asked the right questions from before and attacking in that manner. Right. When you came into the, your current role, what, how did you structure that? What were some of the first things you did? So training with the, the team and discussing it because that had never been mentioned before. And I would like to, I don't want to say they were lone wolves, but they just kind of went out and they, they had results, right. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were performing, um, but there wasn't much structure. And I mean, even stuff with, we have bi-weekly team calls that we just talk about. We talk about our wins, our losses, and how you're going to add value this week. And it's it's very clear. I always tell them, I said, guys, word, people lie, words lie, numbers don't lie. And if we're talking bi-weekly and you don't have a good list of wins and hopefully losses, then you're not out there um, working. So that structure there and then just being open, right? Always having an open door to, hey, how can I help you? Like I told you, I love being in the field too. So I always say like, invite me. I, I want to be there. I might not talk very much, but uh, it's weird how saying VP of sales is going to be there really does open up some doors. I might not even talk very much while I'm there, but it does open up some doors for the team. Is it hard to be quiet on those calls? You know, it depends on the, the meeting, right? Um, because sometimes I see it going a different route and I, I, like I told you, I'm, I'm learning to, uh, and biting my tongue. Um, but I do think the team does a really good job, but sometimes I've got to reel it back in. These doctors like to get off track and then our whole lunch or meeting can go a totally different way. So, um, I had a, a boss before in the past that I was the rep and he was doing the same thing. So sometimes I feel like I'm out there, they're fishing. We're in these meetings and it gets sidetracked and I'll just reel it back in. And it's a, it's a hard stop sometimes. And I see the doctor think like, why did he just like interrupt? It's not interrupt, but just a, a, a weird block where they're talking about politics or something. I don't know, right. but we, we reel it back into why we're here. Right. Right. Um, what, you know, I think failure is such a huge part. I really like to talk about this when I talk to sales leaders because it is such a common part. And, and I don't even like to say the word failure, but loss or when you mm -hmm. lose a deal, um, that's such a big part. How do you approach or incorporate the losses into your learning and, and uh, enhancing your sales process? Yeah, that's a great question. So first I would say that in our industry, it's unique in the fact that when we lose someone, it's not done, right? There's no contracts, right? It's six months, they could come back a year, we can gain them. And I always tell the team, I'm like, listen, those are going to be your biggest and best wins, right? The people that throw you out, the people that 
say they, they hate using us. They don't want to use us. When it comes full circle, that's going to be your biggest champion and your biggest fan. So don't, don't take it personal. One of our reps, I love him to death. Um, but he'll take stuff personally. Sometimes I'm like, listen, you know what? Once the day's done, like you're not seeing them anymore, right? Don't take it personal. Like you don't know what's going on in, in their life and in their day. Um, and some of my best accounts that I've ever had were the ones that I'm like, we're never going to get them. They hate me. They hate us. Don't take it personal, but also continue to go back. I stress that to the team. I'm like, it's not your first, your second, your third touch. Sometimes it's 10 touches on these accounts and you never know when you're going to go in there and it's going to be the perfect time, the right day for you. And they'll also remember the way they treated you in those losses. So if they were rude or they threw you out of the office, they're going to remember that. And when you come back in there smiling and you treat them nice, they're going to want to work with you even more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to have that consistency and of, of demeanor and approach and reliability that, again, you're talking, you're building that relationship. We're in for it for the long term, not just yeah. some short win. It's so right. Important. I always tell them, too, when you go back, add value, bring something else. Right. Don't don't throw all your irons at the fire the first time always come back with something else to add to them. You never know which anchor might sink with them. Right, right. What do you look for when you're cultivating sales leaders? What are those attributes that separate the good candidates from the ones that you pass on? So honesty is is huge, um, especially for, for me and my, my team, right? Hard worker. I'd rather take somebody that doesn't have the knowledge because you can train the knowledge, but I don't, for me personally, I don't think you can train someone to work hard. So hardworking, honest, um, and willing to learn. Um, I'm a big fan of, you know, stagnant water um, turns moldy, right? And I don't want my team to do that. So willing to learn. And I'm, I'm always willing to learn. And I want my team to do that too, right? I always tell them, I'll never ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. And they've, they've responded well to that. They really will go out there and, and, you know, especially now with how things have changed with us and COVID, um, our business is totally morphed into not just doctor's offices to hotels, resorts, airports, so on and so forth. So they've really taken the, the ball and just, and run with it. Right. If someone wants to pursue that path that said, Hey, you know what, I really think I'd be a great sales manager, sales leader, what should they be doing to prepare themselves for that? I'd say taking the extra initiative, right? You can really tell when somebody just wants the extra power, right? Um, or they really care. And for me, I think a sales leader doesn't just, obviously you want to care about the company, but I think you want to make your team and the people around you better. So you can see that when you start giving them more responsibility, right? Are they going to take these other reps underneath their wing? Are they really going the extra mile, uh, not just for the title or to have the job? Right. Yep. Putting total revenue or you know new sales aside, um, what is that measure of success that you have for yourself and for your team? I would go back to the, the three priorities that I told you earlier, right? I can't put the first one uh, on them, right? Because that's not everyone else's priority. And, I, and again, it goes back to, to the why. What is their why? Right. Um, but that making sure that those priorities are in line. And it, it's so true that when we, we care and there's things that are going on with them, 
you really see it transpire into their, into their work that they're doing. Right. Um, but I just, I want a team that works hard, right? We have fun, right? They know that we respect them and we like them. Um, I don't want to be any of their, their best friends. We don't hang out on the weekends, but they know that, Hey, we're here for you guys. Right. Um, we're going to work hard. We're going to make a lot of money. Um, and we're going to have fun. Um, and this is another thing I've told them too, is this is a career for you guys. I don't want it to just be like a stepping stone. Like we're building something great. That's the reason why I came on a nationwide. Cause I really do believe that we've got something great happening and, um, you can see it too. They're seeing it. There's a lot, we've got a lot of momentum going the right way right now. That's awesome. What, how do you teach your team to keep rejection in perspective? You mentioned a little bit before about not taking it personal, but it, are there any specific strategies you have around that? Um, so one of our reps, she mentioned, I told you we have those biweekly calls. Right. Then she was mentioning, oh, she hasn't had any losses. I was like, you know what? That's, that's great. You know what? In two weeks, because you know what? Next week, you might have 10 of them. Um, and just responding and empowering the team, right? I think they've really done a good job of when there is rejection or there is loss, giving them the reins to make the calls, right? And it doesn't have to all go through us. Like, we entrust you guys. We, we know that you can get this done. Like, we're here to help you. You don't have to call us for, for everything. And so we're seeing the trend that when there is rejection, because there always is going to be it, that right. they're taking the bull by the horns and they're making the steps that we've kind of said, like, okay, so this is what you're going to do. Yep. And if there's continual rejection there, then they're bringing us in and hopefully we can help. Right. Obviously, it's not always the case, but right. um, giving empowering our team so that they can, you know, if you need to discount here, whatever that may be, that yep. they feel like they are empowered to make those calls. Yep. What's the trigger you're looking for when somebody is... Uh... Uh, like if you have a new sales manager that you're concerned may have issues, what's that trigger point for you to engage? I would say when the team, when you can feel energy, right. And when the team is sensing that too, right. Um, I always want our team to be treated with respect. Right. Um, and that's when I'm going to step in is if that's not happening, like we all have bad days. Um, and they all know, like, if I can help, like, I'm here for it, but um, let's leave it at the door, right? Uh, I think Disney is a huge example of that. I, I love Disney. I love Universal. It's great. But you go to Disney and you see the fact that none of their staff members are, are having a bad day, right? I can't right. say the same thing about it, Universal. And I want the same thing with our team. Like, yeah. we all have bad days, yep. but you know what? Like, let's put on that face. Let's get to work. And um, at five o'clock, like you, you can turn the face off. Right. Yep. So, yeah, I think having a positive frame of mind is really, really important and being consistent. Yeah. So let's transition to my favorite topic, CRM. Do you love it or do you hate it? So you're probably going to love my answer. So <laughs> when I was in the field, um, the other reps and the team would actually laugh. I hated the CRM. I hated it. I would be the guy that was like visited, right? Stopped in. Um, and I think it would go back to the growth, right? Mm -hmm. Of really growing and seeing why it's important. I, I like to say that I could remember who the person was at the office or remember what happened last time, but that was just me being naive. Right? I mean, CRM is so vital. Um, I end my days looking at two things. I look at the CRM and I look at our numbers every single night. Um, 
And it's just, it's funny how it's come full circle because I was that stubborn rep that you were just having to like bang it in my head, like put your CRM notes in. And I just thought it was not important. Now it's so vital, so vital to the organization. Even something so simple as um, we had, you know, you have a rep go on vacation or God forbid you, you lose a rep for the next person to fill in and be able to see those notes. It's so important. Um, And that's been one of our things with this transition that, We've been telling the team, update the CRM. We want to know all the contact information. You don't have to write us a novel, but there should be a good working knowledge of what's going on here for so many things, pipeline, notes, and even for them. Like nobody's good enough to remember every single office, everything that happened in the last time that you've been there. Um, So it, it really is funny to now be in this role where I hated it for so long and I I know why it's so important now. So it is vital to our operation. Yeah, I love that. So what's your advice for a sales leader who has that younger version of you on their team? What's your, when you have sit them down and have that conversation, what's your why that you tell them as to how or, you know, why they should be using CRM? So that it's not just about them. It's not a, it's not a micromanaging thing, right? That's what I always thought that it was, Hey, I'm out here. I'm working. Like, I don't need to put all this stuff in here. So to stress that it's not a micromanagement thing, right? It's a, it's a funnel. It's a forecast thing. And for our total operation that, you know, Hey, if you are ever to leave, we can pick back up where you left off. Um, Or you go on vacation and another reps covering from you that you can see those, those notes there that it, again, I stress the micromanaging thing, maybe because that was, to me, that was the hurdle was, I'm out here, I'm working. Why at the end of the day, am I having to plug all this stuff in here? But now on the, on the back end, I see why it's so important. And I let the team know that. Oh yeah. And it's also, I think it's a great tool. You talked a lot about being able to step in and help your team. If they're not putting that stuff in CRM, the only way you're going to be able to know what's going on is to spend a whole bunch of time with them. But if they're putting it in CRM, you can quickly scan notes and see what's going on and and probably engage them a lot quicker which ultimately i think leads to more success for them absolutely even for the the losses like you brought up earlier yeah. it's painting me a picture as to okay you know this is maybe why we lost this client right like we had this issue we didn't address it fully it really does paint a, a perfect picture for me i mean it's it's funny that now i end my days not just looking at numbers but i i look at the crm Oh yeah, that is, that's funny how it just comes back to get you. As a sales leader, what's your biggest struggle with CRM? Um, you know what? I would say that we have a customized CRM and there's still kinks and things that we need to, to figure out and to tailor it to the team. And um, we're working on that now. Um, and there's more things that I've said, like we have the open communication with the team, like what do you need, right? So we've got that, but now it's, it's putting it into place. Uh, to make their life a little bit easier. Yeah, that's great. Um, have you ever experienced a CRM implementation? You used a tool where it just flat out sucked. Yes, um, and my my first job, um, we had used Salesforce, um, and again, I had never been a fan of any of them. But we switched over to oh gosh, um, it's Oracle's. Uh, you yeah. probably know better. Yeah, we. I, I tried not to mention any names, but yeah, we get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we, we switched over and it was a nightmare from day one. Management hated it. We hated it. And 
very quickly we were we were back to to where we were yeah yeah that's tough it's tough and i always wonder why like what was behind what were the pain points that caused the switch and uh it, it's always uh it's fascinating to listen to those and then as you guys are lucky that you're able to pull it back though a lot of people have to suffer a lot longer oh they quickly switched us back i mean it didn't yeah. take long i they they saw the headaches that we were having and it was a it was a quick transition transition in transition transitioned out yeah what are your keys uh to success for uh, a crm implementation so i would say having all your ducks in a row beforehand right um the training is there um that everything's been carried over from before um, that there is no no lag there because that's that's the worst thing for our team in the field, right? They have all those notes and then poof, it's in the cloud. They don't have it anymore. Um, and then training. Um, the last thing I want to do with the team is throw something else on them when they've already got, they're juggling a hundred things. Now here's this and they don't know how to utilize it. So that's something that we're working on as a company now of, hey, when we're implementing new products and new stuff, we've got to train the team on this. And it's yep. the, the same thing with CRM. Yep, yep. Yeah, you I want know. them to use it, they got to know how to, to, to effectively use it. Exactly, and to me, it should be ongoing as well. It's not something that, oh, we did our training when we went live and that's the last training they have on it. Right. It should be on a regular cadence of, hey, let's just revisit this part or revisit that, or here's the best practice, um, all structured around process. I think it's very important. Absolutely. Yep. Um, we're, we're coming up on the end here of, of uh, Sales Lead Dog. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show um, and sharing your, your experiences um, around sales and, and CRM. If Caleb, if people want to reach out and connect with you, what's the best way for that to happen? So LinkedIn is definitely one, or you could reach, reach me from the, our website, right? Nationwidelabtesting.com, uh, and you can reach out to me there. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Sales Lead Dog. I really, really appreciate it. It's been great yeah. chatting with you. Chris, happy to, happy to be here. Thanks for hosting me. As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube. And you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales Lead Dog is supported by Impeller CRM, delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.